Question 54 of Summa Theologica Secunda Secundae, Treatise on the Cardinal Virtues, The Virtue of Prudence. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Summa Theologica Secunda Secundae, Treatise on the Cardinal Virtues, The Virtue of Prudence by St. Thomas Aquinas, translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province. Question 54 of Negligence in Three Articles We must now consider negligence, under which head there are three points of inquiry. First, whether negligence is a special sin. Second, to which virtue is it opposed? Third, whether negligence is a mortal sin. First article, whether negligence is a special sin. Objection 1. It would seem that negligence is not a special sin. For negligence is opposed to diligence. But diligence is required in every virtue. Therefore, Negligence is not a special sin. Objection 2. Further, that which is common to every sin is not a special sin. Now negligence is common to every sin, because he who sins neglects that which withdraws him from sin, and he who perseveres in sin neglects to be contrite for his sin. Therefore, Negligence is not a special sin. Objection 3. Further, every special sin has a determinate matter. But negligence seems to have no determinate matter, since it is neither about evil or indifferent things, for no man is accused of negligence if he omit them, nor about good things, for if these be done negligently, they are no longer good. Therefore, it seems that negligence is not a special vice. On the contrary, sins committed through negligence are distinguished from those which are committed through contempt. I answer that negligence denotes lack of due solicitude. Now every lack of a due act is sinful. Wherefore it is evident that negligence is a sin, and that it must needs have the character of a special sin according as solicitude is the act of a special virtue. For certain sins are special through being about a special matter, as lust is about sexual matters, while some vices are special on account of their having a special kind of act which extends to all kinds of matter and such are all the vices affecting an act of reason, since every act of reason extends to any kind of moral matter. Since then, solicitude is a special act of reason, as stated above, question 47, article 9, it follows that negligence, which denotes lack of solicitude, is a special sin. Reply to Objection 1. Diligence seems to be the same as solicitude, 
because the more we love, deligimus, a thing, the more solicitous we are about it. Hence diligence, no less than solicitude, is required for every virtue, insofar as due acts of reason are requisite for every virtue. Reply to Objection 2. In every sin there must needs be a defect affecting an act of reason, for instance, a defect in counsel or the like. Hence, just as precipitation is a special sin on account of a special act of reason which is omitted, namely counsel, although it may be found in any kind of sin, so negligence is a special sin on account of the lack of a special act of reason, namely solicitude, although it is found more or less in all sins. Reply to Objection 3. Properly speaking, the matter of negligence is a good that one ought to do, not that it is a good when it is done negligently, but because on account of negligence it incurs a lack of goodness, whether a due act be entirely omitted through a lack of solicitude, or some due circumstance be omitted. Second article. Whether negligence is opposed to prudence. Objection 1. It would seem that negligence is not opposed to prudence. For negligence seems to be the same as idleness or laziness, which belongs to sloth, according to Gregory, on the Morals of Job 31.45. Now sloth is not opposed to prudence, but to charity, as stated above, question 35, article 3. Therefore, negligence is not opposed to prudence. Objection 2. Further, every sin of omission seems to be due to negligence. But sins of omission are not opposed to prudence, but to the executive moral virtues. Therefore, negligence is not opposed to prudence. Objection 3. Further, imprudence relates to some act of reason. But negligence does not imply a defect of counsel, for that is precipitation, nor a defect of judgment, because that is thoughtlessness, nor a defect of command, because that is inconstancy. Therefore, negligence does not pertain to imprudence. Objection 4. Further, it is written, in Ecclesiastes 7.19, He that feareth God neglecteth nothing. But every sin is excluded by the opposite virtue. Therefore, negligence is opposed to fear rather than to prudence. On the contrary, it is written in Ecclesiasticus 27, A babbler and a fool, imprudence, will regard no time. Now this is due to negligence. Therefore, negligence is opposed to prudence. I answer that negligence is directly opposed to solicitude. Now solicitude pertains to the reason, 
and rectitude of solicitude to prudence. Hence, on the other hand, negligence pertains to imprudence. This appears from its very name, because, as Isidore observes, in Etymologies 10, a negligent man is one who fails to choose, nec eligens, and the right choice of the means belongs to prudence. Therefore, negligence pertains to imprudence. Reply to Objection 1. Negligence is a defect in the internal act, to which choice also belongs, whereas idleness and laziness denote slowness of execution, yet so that idleness denotes slowness in setting about the execution, while laziness denotes remissness in the execution itself. Hence it is becoming that laziness should arise from sloth, which is an oppressive sorrow, that is, hindering the mind from action. Confer question 35, article 1, as well as pars prima secunde, question 35, article 8. Reply to objection 2. Omission regards the external act, for it consists in failing to perform an act which is due. Hence, it is opposed to justice, and is an effect of negligence, even as the execution of a just deed is the effect of right reason. Reply to Objection 3. Negligence regards the act of command, which solicitude also regards. Yet the negligent man fails in regard to this act otherwise than the inconstant man. For the inconstant man fails in commanding, being hindered, as it were, by something, whereas the negligent man fails through a lack of prompt will. Reply to Objection 4. The fear of God helps us to avoid all sins, because according to Proverbs 15.27, by the fear of the Lord every one declineth from evil. Hence fear makes us avoid negligence, yet not as though negligence were directly opposed to fear, but because fear incites man to acts of reason. Wherefore also it has been stated above, in Pars Prima Secunde, question 44, article 2, when we were treating of the passions that fear makes us take counsel. Third article, whether negligence can be a mortal sin. Objection 1. It would seem that negligence cannot be a mortal sin. For a gloss of Gregory, on the morals of Job 9.34, on Job 9.28, I feared all my works, etc., says that, too little love of God aggravates the former, notably, negligence. But wherever there is mortal sin, the love of God is done away with altogether. Therefore, negligence is not a mortal sin. Objection 2. Further, a gloss on Ecclesiasticus 7.34, For thy negligences purify thyself with a few, says, Though the offering be small, 
it cleanses the negligences of many sins. Now this would not be if negligence were a mortal sin. Therefore, negligence is not a mortal sin. Objection 3. Further, under the law, certain sacrifices were prescribed for mortal sins, as appears from the book of Leviticus. Yet no sacrifice was prescribed for negligence. Therefore, negligence is not a mortal sin. On the contrary, it is written in Proverbs 19.16, He that neglecteth his own life shall die. Translator's note. The Vulgate translates life as way. I answer that, as stated above in Article 2, Third Reply, negligence arises out of a certain remissness of the will, the result being a lack of solicitude on the part of the reason in commanding what it should command, or as it should command. Accordingly, negligence may happen to be a mortal sin in two ways. First, on the part of that which is omitted through negligence. If this be either an act or a circumstance necessary for salvation, it will be a mortal sin. Secondly, on the part of the cause. For if the will be so remiss about divine things as to fall away altogether from the charity of God, such negligence is a mortal sin, and this is the case chiefly when negligence is due to contempt. But if negligence consists in the omission of an act or circumstance that is not necessary for salvation, it is not a mortal but a venial sin, provided the negligence arise not from contempt but from some lack of fervor to which venial sin is an occasional obstacle. Reply to Objection 1. Man may be said to love God less in two ways. First, through lack of the fervor of charity, and this causes the negligence that is a venial sin. Secondly, through lack of charity itself, in which sense we say that a man loves God less when he loves him with a merely natural love, and this causes the negligence that is a mortal sin. Reply to Objection 2. According to the same authority, the gloss, a small offering made with a humble mind and out of pure love cleanses man not only from venial, but also from mortal sin. Reply to Objection 3. When negligence consists in the omission of that which is necessary for salvation, it is drawn to the other more manifest genus of sin. Because those sins that consist of inward actions are more hidden, wherefore no special sacrifices were prescribed for them in the law, since the offering of sacrifices was a kind of public confession of sin, whereas hidden sins should not be confessed in public. End of question 54 Read by Michael Shane Craig Lambert, L.C.